Hey everyone, Dan Lovai here and welcome to the New Ned Podcast, the show where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Today I'll be speaking to one of the forerunners of the PNG digital art scene. Please make welcome Chan Anivai, aka Shock23. Hey guys, thank you for having me, Dan. Thank you, New Ned, for having me as well. I'm very excited. I've been yeah. waiting for this for a while. I've been. I have been. Oh man, yeah, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad was. you were able to make it today. Yeah, great. I couldn't say no. Like it's like, ugh, it's new net, mate. It's all my boys. Oh yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you here. I thought you guys forgot about me, but it's okay. Oh, we would okay. never. I was like, did I offend someone? <laughs> nah, that's impossible. I almost like us. did like nah. an animal sacrifice to appease the gods of new net technology. Oh, but it's yes. okay. It's okay. I got the message. I got the message. And I'm here, but I'm very excited. It's, 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 um, it's like quite rare that I sit down with another artist and just talk shop and just talk about what we just love to do on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's not a lot of like opportunities. I myself never yeah, have. Everybody's just so well. busy hustling and just working. It's like, I think uh, our listeners wouldn't know this, but Chan and I almost never, I mean, we don't almost never really run into each other. No, not yeah. at all. It's you like, met, like once or twice last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is gonna I mean, be now great, you yeah. work here, so it's like the the more the, whenever I come yeah. over here, <laughs> then I meet you. But then after that, like it's just we you know social. That's I kind of like have that kind of relationship with all other artists as well. It's just like I I it's rare that I will actually meet one or have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to just have a conversation and just geek out about you know the stuff that we love to do. Gosh, and it gets yeah. so technical. All right, let's. Uh, I guess just dive right into it now. A lot of people might be wondering where did the name. Uh, Wait, hang on. Before I get to your name, <laughs> I guess I wanted to ask, for those people who don't know you, who, for those who are people who have probably, I guess, never really seen your stuff before, could you just care to explain to the good people what it is you do? Sure. Um, so my name is Chan. I'm a digital artist known as Shock23. I'm also, I run a motion and graphic design company called Shock23 Design and Media. I mainly specialize in visual branding and I help brands um through uh, through their communications or through whatever branding branding or campaign projects that they have and try to help them reach their goals basically through their brand oh nice oh man that's quite a mouthful <laughs> i mean i guess uh, yeah. most i mean that's like probably the most official sounding introduction of you that i've ever heard yeah like, a lot of your fans probably know you as you know the the digital artist on, yeah i think yeah, yeah as the artist yes but like as a business my business is mainly focused on just visual branding and helping um helping to grow or help extend uh, existing businesses their brands and doing whatever i can to help them oh man that's awesome I'm hoping, honestly, I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where like a lot of knowledge is going to get dropped. Yeah, so, so I'm if you're excited. Listening now, if you're listening now, brace yourself. I've just been learning so much. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. And I rarely have like the opportunity to just like share, especially with another artist. Like it's just always, anyway, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> now, uh, one question some people might have is, uh, where did the name Shock 23 first come from? Yeah. Okay. So Shock 23, it comes from a dream. So Shock is short for the word, the name Sparrowhawk. So when I was in grade 11, this was way back, um, grade 11 or grade 12, um, I, I lost my dad. And then I remember having a conversation with one of my friends about mentors and um, like losing mentors and stuff like that. And then she didn't, she had the dream, but she didn't know it was for me. But anyway, in the dream, um, there was this wizard and this wizard had an apprentice called Sparrowhawk. And one day the wizard died, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and the apprentice who was learning under him, 
he had to he decided to learn the craft himself and a couple of years passed and then he mastered the craft but it came at a cost because all over his body there were scars but every time he looked in the mirror he didn't see like the ugliness of the scars it was all just lessons that and all the the knowledge that he gained and he didn't see like the ugliness of it he saw the beauty of it and um, I didn't know at that at then that it was really related to me but my whole journey through like business or learning digital art all of that has been self-taught and like I've never had someone to really sit down and coach me or hold my hand guide like everything I've done through like trial and failure or just learning from other people's experience so I kind of adopted it, that um, that persona and when my friend she heard that it was like I lost my dad and I was like I think I was at a point where I was looking for guidance. Mm-hmm. She was like, I think you're this person and you you should carry it. And that was like 10 years ago. And then, nice. yeah, I used to just sign it on my little lecture books and drawings and mm. everything. But that was back in the day. Anyway, the number 23 comes from um, when Digital first started, they had the credit me thing and the credit you, you could request credits. And then my friends and I, they used to develop a code like goodnight was like, I forgot, like there was a like code for like goodnight or like 60 was like 60 mm. or like thank you was thank you. So when I used to text and I ran out of data, and data, I ran out of credits, because mm. back in the day we used to use credits to text. <laughs> anyway, um, I would sign off with 23. So my nickname in, when I was at PomNets was Butterchan. So two is the second letter of the alphabet and three is the third letter of the alphabet. So it's BC, so Butterchan. So that all together, and I just shortened it to Shork and then 23. And that's been my art persona for, I don't know, since, since high school. So that's the story oh, about it. I've been trying to do like a little, like, like a little comic thing to just explain. I think oh, it makes was... a really good, just finding the time to do it. Oh, that was... But yeah, but that's the story behind it. That's probably the best uh, story for any name I've ever heard. Oh. My goodness. I think mine... Ah, uh, mine's lame. <laughs> no, mine was mine was basically I like Black Panther. I have dreads. Killmonger has dreads. <laughs> My name's Dan. <laughs> I yeah. I think people are also surprised that it has a really deep story. And it's like, oh, mm. I thought it was just some nicknames. Like, it kind of is, but it it it. It comes. I think it just. It's been representative of my journey, mm. not just through art, but just through every facet of life. Is that I've mainly had to rely on myself to teach me the things that I've needed to learn. Even though mm. I've been one. Even though there are times where I've wanted mentorship and things like that. Like mm. sometimes life just doesn't go your way, and you just have to rely on yourself to you know take care of business. And yeah, so far so good. Oh man, and I think you and I share that aspect of like the self-taught aspect. Yeah. Like, yeah, none of us. I mean, am I right in assuming that you also didn't uh, pursue art like in an academic sense? No, I wanted to. And my dad said no. He was like, no, you got to go get a real degree. (laughs) So I did. I went to Unitech and I spent four years there. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in computer science. And because when I was a kid, um, art and computers were my thing. And then when Pixar Uh, came out, I was like, oh, they combined these two. So if dad was like no don't do art go become an engineer so i went and i started how to make you know computers and all of that water junk and then yeah Yeah, but in the long run in a way it kind of yeah it is i mean i've basically become a graphic designer because the opportunities presented themselves Mm -hmm. i remember i graduated after i graduated i just didn't want to start working i i I knew that like 
at an entry level, a lot of the jobs that we would be with someone with no experience would be um, like IT help desk jobs and mm. IT support. And I really wanted to do like programming or website design, like the creative aspects of software design, all of that, the creative aspect. And at, the, at that time, when I was school, like app, like apps were like a new thing. Right. And like now, you know, app design and all of that, that's like common. But back, it wasn't until like final year that we had a elective that taught how to program like on Android. Like that's how, really? yeah, that's how way back. That's how way back, not way back. That's how like everything, like those were the kind of the opportunities that were out there when I started. And yeah, it just after, I think after I graduated, because like my dream, my childhood dream is to work for Disney and Pixar. Oh that was like an impossible dream. Like I just, I used to just watch it and it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I could just work for that and just do that for a living? And anyway, it's, I don't know, it's like life's turning around and slowly by slowly, I'm starting to believe that that could actually be a possibility. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to the story, I'm sidetracking. Um, after I graduated, I didn't want to start work. So I used to do, I discovered Photoshop while I was in uni ah. and I used to do just, you know, photo manipulation. And at the time I didn't have a tablet. I was just like designing, and I just watched um, tutorials. And at the time there was 2G network, mate. Like you guys have it so easy now. <sighs> Back then, you know, we had with to the, wait. Really yeah, exactly. Oh, and man, and we used to carry like the access phones, like from telecom. Like there was like the cheaper <laughs> uh, um, internet option, so people used to carry that around. It was, it was good times. But anyway, I learned, and I used to just do it for the fun of it, and just design fun little stuff. And um, I discovered Illustrator, and I learned how to do like the vector portraits and all of that as well. Uh, and then during my break, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to work. Um, my one of my best friends, Sylvester, he gave me a job vacancy for Daltron. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, bro, you're just doing nothing in the house and you're really good at design. Why don't you just try apply and see where it takes you and you know you can earn some money. Mm -hmm. So I applied. I got the job with zero experience. And um, the guy, the man, the manager just liked what I, I just did like a portfolio kind of thing that mm -hmm. just printed out all my work. And it's like, oh, this is what I do. I don't know if it's good enough. I was like, okay, it worked for us. So I spent like, it was like marketing gigs. I spent oh. seven months they're just designing like posters and flyers and like monthly sales all of that and then i kind of like got bored and then i resigned took another break and then mom was like you need to work now son like you have to mm. have contribute to the bills now okay so i applied to both it jobs and um like i just sent expressions of interest to it jobs and graffiti uh, graffiti graphic design jobs as well and the ones that reached out to me were graphic design positions and that's how i uh, I got to work at TV One for the next four years of my life. Oh, wow. And even though I didn't have any experience in motion design, the boss was like, it's okay, you'll learn on the job. And I'm very grateful for those four years. It taught me so much about the media and broadcast industry. It's, it's been a good... Yeah, so it's kind of just been happening to me. And I've just decided to just own it and just really like lean into it. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how life just, life just works out in your favor, I guess. Oh man, it's been quite the journey. Goodness, I'm just trying to. <laughs> yeah, keep up with and like that. I mean, I just taught myself Photoshop, and I taught myself Illustrator, and I taught all myself, even After Effects mm. and stuff like that. And it's just I, I did it for fun. Like I, I had no aspirations. Like back then, I didn't even think I could make a business out of this. I was like, I just want to mm. do it because it's fun, and you know, I want to do pretty things and pretty pictures and stuff like that. And then it's turning out. You know, four years later, I'm still doing it, and I'm still surviving <laughs> and thriving and. Yeah, pushing on. Excited for what this year is going to bring my way.
Oh, awesome. That's great. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, you know, I mean, same here, I guess. I didn't, I, I guess I was a lot more fortunate in terms of when I was looking for the information, like to learn everything yeah. I needed to learn. Like I, when I would got into digital art, everything, obviously the data rates were much cheaper. Yeah. I managed, and at that time, I think uh, there was a lot more content on YouTube about how to do things, how to get programs working. I managed to get things up and running on my not like it's not a very powerful computer but it does look yeah good. yeah that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand when you're a digital artist you're very much i would say not really at the mercy but you're relying heavily on how powerful your yeah it is. is i mean you're just limited by the machine mm. and you have to be smart enough to maneuver that and you know sometimes it's frustrating it's really mm. frustrating but i don't know you just have to be smart about how you go about yeah. stuff Sometimes you just have to learn how to express yourself within the limitations. Yeah. Like very recently I got into animation and I was like, okay, I'm going to color each layer and do everything. Yeah. My computer couldn't handle that. Mate, so I was like, okay, exactly. I'm going to do everything yeah. in black and white now just so it can run smoothly and I can render. It yeah. Properly. I guess yeah. in that sense as well, like I'm very fortunate that my mother supported my art. Mm -hmm. So when I needed, or when I saw a laptop with a dedicated graphics card, like I was like, I saw one at Daltra and I was like, oh, like mom, can you help me? And then like, she was willing. I also bought like my first Wacom because of her. It was an Intuos Pro. It didn't have a screen and I just drew on it. And I was like, oh, I want to try draw. And mom was very generous to offer me and give me that start where I just, so I'm, you know, I'm blessed and fortunate as in that, ma in that sense as well, to have like a very supportive mom to, you know, help me help fund the earlier beginnings of shock 23 oh, man. oh mom's oh. amazing no love you, your mom please now that you mentioned yeah no moms are amazing because i remember the the device that i started working on digital art yeah i think it was a birthday present from mom Ooh, and it came with a pen it was a nice one of those i think a note samsung note 9 it oh came with a pen. Okay, okay i wanted it because it came with a pen nice Diana, okay <laughs> It's good. It, I mean, of course, like you'll rely on your parents because you mm. just, I mean, you, you're a kid. You don't make enough money to buy your own things. And oh, if yeah. you're a good enough child, your parents might be generous to and you. supportive. When yeah. You, wanna, you know, do things that are outside of the box. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. And then, hey, I proceeded to buy my new tablet that I now currently use using yeah. the money I made from. Yes, exactly. Phone. Like yeah, yeah. everything, all the equipment that I now have is mm -hmm. I've bought it myself. So yes it's a good feeling it is it's it's very satisfying <laughs> Gosh. now i guess leading into making money from my work i guess i wanted to ask what was uh probably was what was the first instance of you actually making money from the strictly like digital art side of your work um, when, did, when did that first happen i think that was like um because I, I spent four years at tv1 and then i resigned because i was just exhausted and burnt out i really needed a break and um, during that break, I just decided because I haven't I, I haven't done like art for the sake of art because I was a graphic designer as well at TV One. It was just about meeting the client's demand. So I took the time off to just do just post stuff. And I just decided to post it just to share if people would like it or how mm. they would respond. And then it kind of got the attention of um, some people. And then they were like, oh, we'll pay you this amount of money. What year was this? This was like 2018, towards mm -hmm. the end, like September. And the very first project was um, the Human Rights Film Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the ninth one. And then they asked me to design the poster and I did that. It paid pretty well. And, um, and then after that, when that started, like when they started to put 
like the artwork of the posters or have the actual event, like people started to inquire about who the artist was and that started to garner work mm-hmm. for me. Like I've, I'm, I guess I'm blessed to know that I've never had to really advertise my services. Like all the jobs that have come my way are from word of mouth. So it's just from the work that I've done and people started to be interested in what I do. And then I started to like really get the confidence to start charging uh, clients. And then when they said yes, then I, I thought to myself, oh, maybe I'll try to, um, because at the time as well, I was like trying to figure out where I was going to work next. Mm-hmm. So when I started to make money and I decided I'll just try freelancing because like mm-hmm. I've seen people overseas, they do it and they make a living out of it. I'll just try it. And then I tried it and then it started to, I get, I started getting regular clients, regular work. And then I told myself, I'll just try this for a year. So like 2019, I was like, I'll just try this for a year and mm. see if, if, um, if it works. I mean, I think it's better to try, I mean, to die trying than to mm-hmm. die not trying and regretting. So I was like, I mean, the worst I can do is that I'll go broke and then I'll have to find the job. And there are plenty of jobs. I'm pretty sure that. I can get another job. So that's basically how, um, yeah. And then like a couple of corporate clients came on board and they were like, okay, you need to register because we can't deal with individuals like that. So that really forced me to register everything and get like a TIN number and all of that, like be a really an open business account and be a like a legit business. And like uh, during the time too, like Jerry Albanil was starting off and he was Mm -hmm. doing so well as well. And I was like, oh, if he can do it, maybe I can try to do it and see if there's a demand and, yeah, it's been good so far. I mean, four years later, I'm still here. So I'm still here. God, has it really been four years since 2018? <laughs> Mate, it has, <laughs> you know, it has. But it's, yeah, it's, I didn't, I don't realize that it's yeah. so much time has passed, but it's still like, I mean, four years in an entrepreneur's life is just still mm. in infancy. Like you still have to, there's still so much more to learn and to grow and mm. to expand on. I think you mentioned this before we started recording about how, this is all a marathon none of this yeah i think yeah yeah i mean when when like again i think i can't really say it's luck but when 2019 like a lot of good projects came my way and i had so much momentum and i made enough money to buy like my wacom cintiq like Mm -hmm. that was how good i was doing and it was just and i was like on a high and there was momentum after momentum and then uh, 2020, like the pandemic happened and then mm. all that momentum kind of died off. Mm. And I remember like it forced me, I, the lockdowns have been very, like I look back and I look at the, the lockdowns, they've been very beneficial to me because while I dealt with like a lot of my insecurities and my flaws and mm. a lot of the pressure that I've been putting on myself to, cause you, when you start, you really want to make it, you have this drive and this passion. It's like, I got to make it. I got to make this amount of money by the end of the year. I got to, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. And sometimes the rush, it's just putting a lot of unnecessary pressure and you, mm. you, you, you know, you get anxiety and you get overwhelmed and you get stressed out and then that affects the quality of your work. And in just during those times, like I invested in a lot of like self-improvement and self-development mm-hmm. and things that to help like my mental health and like my anxiety, because I, I had suffered a lot of anxiety as well. And just one of the things was like, oh, be kind to yourself and just, you know, enjoy the journey. And just 
allow yourself. I think that's the, the big one for me was allowing yourself to make mistakes and to fail. That mm. was a huge one for me because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. It has to be perfect. And even though that's a good thing in terms of quality control because you hold yourself high to a certain standard, but it's also self-sabotaging because sometimes yeah. you just procrastinate and then you just don't want to stop because you think you're not as good enough and you're not as perfect as you want to be. So understanding that... And just, you know, and also I've been seeing like my other friends who have been running um, their businesses like Pacific, uh, Amanda Tao from and Biang, her husband. So she's Amanda Kanasa now. Um, both of them, they run Pacific Kana, the flower, mm. and they've been doing it for a very long time. And I've, I really admire the growth. It's been a very slow growth. Mm. And like they've celebrated, I think there is five or six years or seven years now. And, the, you know, they're not in any rush to be like a really big or have like a mm. retail outlet or do all of that. And they are just seeing their growth just being really slow and consistent is way better than just like exploding and then disappearing off the face of the earth. And then, you know, like yeah. mo- just keeping that momentum, it's better to be small, consistent and enjoying the lessons and so many things to learn on the way to where you want to be. Oh yeah, no, because yo, yeah, because <laughs> when people start businesses, it's not you're not gonna have success instantly. Like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. It has to, it's over and, a long. Period yeah, of time. and you you because the thing is that you think you're a failure if you don't, and then mm-hmm. you watch videos of all these entrepreneurs and they're just laughing their heads off, and it's like it's supposed to be hard. You're not supposed to make any money in the first year. Like that's a common thing. Like you just have to keep going. And like, I think that brought a lot of peace to me. There's like, oh, okay, I'm just, I'm just putting a lot of pressure on myself to try to achieve something that I can achieve over five years, then try not just rush myself. And right. it's okay. I mean, like, again, it comes down to like, let yourself fail and learn. Let yourself make these mistakes because those are some of the life's golden lessons are in those mistakes. And if you're too afraid to fail, if you're too afraid to make mistakes, you'll miss out on the gems that can really define you in the future. Oh man! <laughs> ah, just trying to process Read everything you're saying, bro. This is so much knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to that part about being a perfectionist. And mm. there's so many projects, like pro- like self projects that I've tried to do, and then I'll I'd, I'd like to think of it like uh, paralysis by analysis. I'm thinking about it too much. And yeah, it exactly. never gets off the ground, and sometimes you just have to commit and then like commit through the mistakes. Because sometimes we're so afraid. Yeah, to yeah, make yeah. It's I mean, I think I think the the best example of was I heard this story of like this photo competition and there were 10, Mm -hmm. like 20, 20 people were in the race to win like the best photos and 10. They told 10 of them, like, just take a photo every single day. And um, they told the other group of 10, like, take the most perfect picture. And at the end of the time frame with the competition time, the winning picture came from the people who took a photo every single day. And the message is that you just it's by constantly like working on your mistakes and working on your flaws and allowing yourself to learn from your mistakes that actually makes you better over time than um than you know waiting for the opportunity and all the stars and all the planets to align and you know the convergence to happen and unicorns mm. to fly and all of that <laughs> yeah and then sometimes if you keep waiting for that golden moment you could just your whole life could pass you by mm. And that's, I think those are the things that really push me to be like, no, at least I start. I mean, I have days where I just don't want to do the work and I have to be like, you know, I I think Tony Robbins says it best. He says motion creates emotion. So motivation comes when you start doing something. 
Uh-huh. So a lot of people wait for like the feeling before they do it, but it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Um, the opposite thing happens. You have to start, and then the feelings will mm-hmm. come. So sometimes I'll just open the project and just press a button here and there, yep. <laughs> or just scribble, 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 and then suddenly I'm like, okay, it looks like an eye. Oh, okay, I think I have an idea. So. Really, I think that's part of like my own journey as into discipline. I'm uh, discipline is like a really big thing I've been trying to improve for the past, like since last year coming up. Oh man, yeah, discipline. Oh goodness, it's been. I guess it's been difficult for me trying to keep it. I guess keep motivated, but then yeah, same thing here. Sometimes I just have to open the app. Yeah. I click yeah. a few buttons. I draw something. Okay, this feels good. Okay, and then I put maybe the right music on. Okay, yeah. I'm in the zone now. All right, and that's the thing good. because like when I used to do art, it was a hobby, so it was a way to get out of work. But now it's mm-hmm. my job, so sometimes I'm just not in it. Like I've done so many work for clients, and then I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do art for myself. But then sometimes I'll be like, No, I, I have to. It's the only time I can really be right. experimental and creative. It's like I can't do this all a lot with client work, so let me just explore. And sometimes it's just. I guess when I, I try, like, if I do too much client work, it kind of, like, art is a soulful thing. Mm-hmm. It's good for your soul. Like, you, it's an extension and an expression of your soul. So I just like to do art just for me. And sometimes, and then that's basically all my Instagram is just art that's meant for me. Sometimes I put a little client work there, but most of it is just me just exploring ideas and trying to, you know, honor our culture. I think that's, that's what I'm... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen that with your... With your post and your style of art and everything you yeah, do. Yeah, thank you. I really, I think, um, I think it comes from like when I was a kid, I grew up in the city and I didn't have uh, the opportunity to um, like go, go to the village. Or I mean, same like, here. Yeah, 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 like, same here, yeah. Or like experience the feast or a lot of the, the bright price and all of that. Um, and like, I kind of missed out on all of that. And like my gra- all my grandparents are gone, you know, and I can't sit down with them and tell them or listen to their stories and how things used to be done. Like my mom tells a lot of those stories. And I was like, oh, I wish I, you know, I wish my grandparents were still alive and I have like the appreciation for it now. But like yeah. it's kind of a kinda little too late. But anyway, so that's been a way for me to really appreciate just my culture and just really pay like homage to it and just honor it and say and try use it as a way to educate myself as well like that's mainly like oh i want to learn about uh, like i'm really into tattoos right now like the mm. the tattoos of the the coastal women it's really interesting i found oh, i've seen yeah, yeah like yeah. that's like my thing now i've been really interested i've moved away i think i'm moving away from face paints and like now it's like let's tell like let's find out what the, and i discovered this guy this anthropologist called lars krutak and he he documents uh, tattoos from different cultures and he's done he's done really good hmm. pieces on like he's documented like a lot of face paints from around the world but also like from our culture as well like the the Motuan women and and um, from Kairuku and like the Arab uh, Abao Rigo Arab meat Abao Rigo area as well and I think one thing that I I love is I really appreciate is the response like because like mm. I will draw I don't know, like, even though I draw a lot of people from my culture, I'm from Kairuku, so, like, that's that's where it is. And I'll draw, like, sometimes I get inspired by other cultures as well. But my main my main culture is yeah. it. And it's just, like, people are not regionalists, uh, like, regionalists about it. Like, they don't, like... I get requests to do their provinces and I tell them, like, I'll, I'll find time to do it because mm. I want to do it justice. Like, I don't want to just draw. I want to tell stories as well. I think that's... Right. Like, I really want to say, like, tell a story about... 
and really like honor honor the art mm-hmm. form that is and like people just like people from all even though they're not from central like they appreciate it and i, I really love that it kind of it kind of like unites a lot of people and uh, people can be proud that it's from png even though it's not particularly their culture their or from their yeah. from their part of png they're just like emblo png and png culture and like they're just like it fills them with pride and i i just i i think that's the best that that's what gives me the most fulfillment is just the appreciation from my audience who i love very much and very dearly yeah i'm like I'm nothing without you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah no that's always been i have noticed that yeah there's so much like appreciation for those kinds of posts you do and especially and then recently you mentioned the tattoos yeah i've been noticing those yeah ones. and it's interesting yeah. because like i'm finding links now to like um like other pacific islanders and seeing mm-hmm. similarities and then there is a movement i've discovered um, a movement they're trying to re um like um like re, uh, they're trying to educate like other pacific islanders are trying to educate um the young people about their culture because colonialism came in really right. removed or kind of messed up a lot of and got rid of some of that culture and they're trying to bring it back so there are a couple of tattoo artists who are bringing back the women's tattoos and the men tattoos and all of that and i've been seeing that and it's like oh what about png like what's our tattoo stories and um i'm i'm just learning a lot about our culture which is something that we don't really learn in school anyway it's yeah. kind of disappointing but it's anyway. maybe touched upon when it's independence time, but there's nothing Yeah, really. but like, you know... And then like, it's something that you can learn and choose to learn in university, but it's not taught to us Yeah, like, it should school. be it should be basic knowledge, like, yeah. in, in schools. I mean, I think that will create a more sense of pride, like... And appreciation. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember I really didn't like social science or history because we just didn't learn about ourselves that much. It's like, okay, like... You know, a lot of our, well, it's unfortunate because a lot of our history is like oral history. Mm. It's just passed down from generation to generation. And we're apparently, unfortunately, are not a civilization that developed their own writing system, mm. like, like um, what's the word, like language to write. Like mm. we've, it's all our history is just passed down orally. So a lot of that history is lost, unfortunately. But um, I think that's, I think when I started off, it was just fun ideas, like taking modern ideas and putting a cultural spin on it. But as I'm as I'm like evolving and my evolving in my style and involving what I do, I'm realizing the importance of what I'm doing and what other digital artists as well who do cultural art is that they're capturing. They're also like documenting our history mm-hmm. and it's in important because art and history have always gone hand in hand. And I think that I mean, those are some of the re- some of the things that really like inspire me. So like sometimes I mean, just give a lot of meaning to my art personally. Like, it's like, oh, I'm just not drawing. I'm also honoring, but also mm-hmm. like documenting. This is the history of our people. And especially like when you see like a lot of our old people are dying as well. And like, yeah. you know, you, you rarely see like the tattoo women. Like, it's quite sad. And like, that won't be passed on because we're developing as a society as well. So just the fact that not only me, but several other artists as well are like taking the call and like just trying to you know honor the culture as well it's very i hope you know that if you're doing that it's beyond just doing something like artistic png mm-hmm. but like you're really honoring the culture and like preserving it i guess preserving it for future mm-hmm. generations i think that's what i'm saying like it's just a part we're playing a much bigger role than we think yeah gosh not just feels like so much responsibility <laughs> uh, not really yes. like it just i mean or at least 
be mindful like if you are creating in that space just yeah be because i mean you know it. people are very precious about culture as mm. well you know some people have drawn things that haven't been received well and like you know yeah, they're just yeah. like no we don't do this in our culture yeah. and you know you just have to be mindful and try to do it in a tasteful way that you're really honest i think if you come from a place where you want to honor where your heritage mm-hmm. and where you're from i think you always set yourself up for success but on that note, there are artists as well who don't do cultural stuff and that I'm just very proud of as well. Mm. It's just good to see like the diversity of so many people just coming up with and just getting the work out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then like diversity in mediums as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, people have always been drawing. I mean, we obviously know J-Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older, and like he has like a unique style as well, like the urban urban street graffiti stuff. And then you do your comic book stuff as mm-hmm. well. And then I like, um, what's his name? Falafel, Steven. Uh, Mat- oh, yeah, yeah, he does yeah, the yeah. anime ones. And he's been doing like, inc- like impressive angles that I can't even do. And like, it's just a really, really good mix of what people are just doing it's 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 fun it's exciting to see this young yeah. talent and old talent some people you know who just yeah oh, you know yeah. like they're just like drawing in on the side and then suddenly it's like oh wait you really know you could do this it's like yeah i'm just trying it out and then it's like oh okay it's good oh, it looks man. good mate. So. <laughs> and i think that's uh i think that's one thing you've been trying to do with your uh your series of artist features that you started how long has it yeah, been? Yeah, like when was this the first is my, one. The first one was l- 2019. Oh, yeah, man. so it's like I'm going into my third year now. 2020. When did I start? I'm losing track of the years. 2020. 2020. Ah, okay. 2020. Okay. 2021 was the second year. So th- this year will be the third year. And yeah, I think for that, it really goes back to how I was discovered because mm. my I I wouldn't be doing what I've been doing this business is because someone saw my Instagram and my Facebook and they were like, hey, we want to hire you to do this. And I've had, again, I've been blessed to have the exposure that I have now and it's growing. And some people just don't have that. And I feel like I've just taken upon myself to feel responsible for I'm helping the community. I really want to build the community. I don't think we should be against each other. I think we should all, mm. you know, and have a really good community of artists and just give them, just using like my exposure and my platform to, hey, to um, give them exposure. But I really appreciate their work as well. Some of them have like very different styles and it's, it's always good. That and also the fact that some people use their art for like profile pictures or like wallpapers mm. and a lot of them don't credit the artist right yeah, yeah you know and yeah. then so this also tries to expose the artist and say hey this is the artist that does the work that you love so much why don't you show them some love or show them some appreciation because i know that every artist down deep down they just needs like they question themselves we all question ourselves at time and just a little bit of that validation you know it goes a long way you know it's <laughs> just it's amazing you know oh man i mean you started talking about exposure and i think Probably one of the biggest. We had this discussion before we started recording this one as well. Uh, <laughs> we should have recorded you, the pre-record. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, like you, you talking about exposure. And I remember, I can't remember the exact year, but very recently, you probably got one of the biggest pieces of exposure any digital artist probably got very recently, in like just getting exposed and the whole nation knowing about your stuff on Instagram. Not necessarily Instagram there when your uh, when your stuff was uh, projected. Oh yeah, yeah, on the, the Parliament House. Parliament. Yeah, oh, man, that was that was an op- that was a job. I just couldn't say no to that, and you know, like I don't do jobs for free, but that one, 
I really didn't care if they paid me or not. And they didn't pay me. I just did it as a favor. But I, I was like, no, this is a once in a lifetime. It just felt like all the stars aligned because it wasn't just the Parliament House. It was on Independence Day as well. And it was right. at the Prime Minister's Ball. So like all of that for, you know, and it was within my first year of business as well. Like it was just like, I'm. it was like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it was just like the good Lord that shined his face on me. And it's like, well, here are all the opportunities that came. But it was just, I don't know, it, it's speechless. And um, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It's like, it's just the highlight of my life. Mm. And I just, I'm just so excited that of what the possibilities and if I can do it, then so many artists can as well. Oh, like, yeah. we can do like the whole opera, uh, the opera house light show as well. Mm. Like, if we... I mean, sometimes I just sit back and was like, oh, what if, we you know, all our artists got uh, projected on the Opera Mini, uh, Opera Mini House. The Sydney Opera House, man, I've been using Opera Mini for far too long. You know, like, it starts to make me think of the possibilities of mm. where our art and where this platform can take us. And I don't know, it was, it was a surreal, surreal, surreal yeah. moment. And I don't, I didn't even care if they didn't pay me. I was like, I'm going to do this because it's going to pay off in the very long run. And, you know, I think... I, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but like I'll forever be the guy that has his work on the Parliament House, you know. So oh, that's a legacy, and I mean, there's so much more I have yet to achieve, and that's just within my first year. So, just I don't know, dreams are dreams are possible, yo. Yeah. Dream big and just do the work. You, it's amazing, it's amazing where life can take you when you start just doing like the little things. Oh yeah. I have to say, I'm, I guess I'm grateful on my end because with your stuff being projected, it sort of showed everyone in PNG that this is what digital art yeah. is. This is the possibility with this medium. And I like the fact that we're like known as artists now. Like I remember back in the day when I started, like I, I even myself, I didn't consider myself an artist because like, especially when, because I had to do like the vector portraits and that's mm -hmm. like tracing over an image. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I got a pen because it's like, oh, I don't want to be a trace artist now. Like I really want to draw, right. like go back to drawing and designing characters. And like back then it was like a really cute hobby or something. And now like everybody, it's like, it's been getting so much exposure, mm -hmm. the digital art scene that even um, um, like they're starting to recognize. Like, I think one of the very exciting things was um, um, Jeffrey Figa, the artist. Mm -hmm. He started like liking my stuff, my art. And then he started like mm -hmm. commenting and saying things like, oh, like for me, it was like validation that another artist is acknowledging the fact that what i do is actually art oh, and it's man. been yep. like yep. yeah and i remember like one of my my friends my good friends when i started off um i used to be really shy about my art i keep it to myself and my friend gaza she would say she would see me and she was like oh you're a really good artist and i was like oh i don't think i'm an artist i don't consider myself an artist and this was way back while i was still working at tv and she's like no like what you're doing is art like that's art and then it really opened my mind to know that art is not like one thing it's many things and it's as long as it's an expression of who you are in your soul like it's it's considered art and like i don't know like i don't want to find my validation in other people but like that was like some of the things that made me confident enough to know that hey what i'm doing is actually kind of a big deal i think man you know same here like before i guess i guess it rose with social media where i used to draw all the time like when i was a kid yeah I was always drawing something and then i think before i started doing digital art i started posting up sketches on instagram yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's how it first started 
And then yeah, once the once the medium became more accessible, and once I got that piece of like yeah, uh, technology, yeah, yeah. And I was doing all this because I, you love it, eh? Like it's a much easier workflow. That's what I love about digital oh, art. It it's is. like you don't waste money on canvases or sketchbooks. And then there's the comfort of undo. That's like oh. like I have <laughs> like legit. I legitimately have so much respect for traditional artists who can paint. And like they because they don't have that you know they don't have the oh, luxury yeah. of like undoing like they just have to you know work it out i have so much respect for them like i have that that comfort but it's it's such a good workflow i remember somebody was asking me like why do you do it and it's like it's expensive at first but mm -hmm. everything else from there it's just you know it's just smooth the workflow is just crisp like once you get the hang of whatever program you're using yeah that's it. Undo and clear canvas. Yeah. Undo and clear canvas. Like, oh, God. And then, like, rotate and, like, you can manipulate stuff with that and, like, enlarge. Like, there's so many things you can <sighs> do digitally that you can't do, like, traditionally. And I've been, like, ugh, I love Especially it. Especially with uh, the tablet that you use. Yeah. Just because, uh, just to clarify or just to explain, uh, how Chan does his stuff is where his tablet is, uh, it's another screen. Yeah. It's another screen that he's able to that draw That I can on. draw on. So basically, kind of like an iPad, but much bigger. Yes. And then he can, he's able to like zoom in and rotate yeah, the yeah, gestures yeah. on the screen, right? But mine, mine is more, imagine like it's a notepad and then the computer's in front of you. There's a notepad yeah. and you have a pen. So I'm not looking at the notepad. I'm looking at the screen and whatever I'm drawing on the notepad is uh, translated onto the screen. It, so that's, it's the same thing. We're doing the your, same thing. Did it take a while for your like hand-eye coordination? Because I started off oh, with a tablet yeah. like that because it was cheaper. Mm -hmm. And it, like the hand-eye coordination was just weird. Oh, yeah, it took a while. It took a long. I had to do a lot of tracing, just practicing basics. I was literally relearning how to yeah. draw. But fun fact: a lot of the artwork that was on the Parliament House was drawn on that tablet. Oh. It wasn't until like after the Parliament, because I I did the work in September. I got my tablet in around August, but I already had existing artwork. So I was just doing the same as you, just looking and trying to you know coordinate mm. everything. It's so much easier now. I love it. Oh yeah, no, it it feels fantastic. Yeah, and the use. screen is like textured. There's a mat oh. on it, so you can when you like scratch, you, you hear it's it. like a dry marker on paper. It ah, uh, it just gives me chills. Yeah, you know? I it's just so it's so it feels so natural. I love it. Oh, I love man. it. I had to buy like a matte cover for my iPad just to have the same feeling because it was weird drawing on glass. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was that was a big hurdle. That I was had to like, get over. when I first got into the device I used, it was smooth. As yeah, well. it was oh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like used to like. I felt like my teeth were being filed because this glass. It was so weird and felt so unnatural. And it's too smooth. Like when you're drawing on paper, you're used to resistance. Yeah, you're yeah, used to yeah. Feeling that. That give and that resistance, but oh gosh, when it's smooth glass. Yeah. And then there's the flexibility, yeah. like brushes as well. Like you don't like, ugh, mate, like you don't have to, you just buy a brush pack or find a free brush pack somewhere. And then <sighs> that's it. You know, you just play and play. It's, uh, and then you get better and then you yeah. learn. Yeah. There's a much, but oh man. Man, I need to find time to play. I haven't like actually just done art mm. just for playing. I really, I mean, it being busy is good. And but sometimes, you know, your soul, you just want to, you know, get yeah. lost in your art and stuff like that. I think there's one thing uh, I haven't been able to ask another artist this, but there's things where other projects where you're drawing and you have in mind a certain art style or a certain standard that you're used to drawing to. Yeah. And you're like, OK, this is the standard. I'm just this piece is going to be like this. Now, do you have those? But do you also have certain projects where you're like okay i'm just gonna push my creativity and push my skill as far as it can go in terms of mm. like these one-off projects where you're like okay let's see how far i can go with yeah this. yeah yeah i mean 
the fun part when I do client work is the conceptual phase where I can experiment a bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just, because a lot of people hire me for my style and what I can do. So sometimes I like to, I mean, I, I don't, I think your art style evolves and it's kind of ridiculous to just keep to one style. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like I know that um, Picasso is known for his cubism, but like he used to do sketches and portraits as well, like until he found the style that he was um, famous for. And I try, but it, if they like it, then maybe, mm. but if they don't, then they're like, oh, can you go back? They, they actually will send me artwork. <laughs> And they were like, your, your, your old yeah, they was like, can you do it like this? And uh, I, I, mean, I don't mind because mm. it's it's comfortable. And sometimes when you do client project, I mean, the, it's like I really want to work on it as quickly as possible. And so, you know, even if it's in my comfort zone, that's fine. Like, I, at least I know that I'll like the quality will be there. And it's to it's basically just try to understand what the client wants. Mm. And I'm like, I'm, I've become very detached to client projects, like a lot mm. of. Because uh, we, if you do a work for clients, there's going to be a ton of revisions. And I, when I started yeah. off, or even when I was working like in the industry as a graphic designer, like revisions used to really annoy me because I thought I was really good, but the client wouldn't. And then I'll be like so frustrated. But now I'm more detached because mm. I have this understanding they're paying me to do their artwork. So I just wash my hands clean. And revisions are much easier because I don't take ownership. I only take ownership of the work but not the actual artwork that belongs to the client and you know they mm-hmm. take it so it's 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 been just detaching like emotionally detaching myself has saved me from confrontations that I shouldn't be having anyway with clients and if they think they're right then I was like okay that's fine I'll do it your way and as long as it gets the approval and I can move on mm-hmm. you know I can get paid and move on to the next project some pro- I really don't like long projects when projects yeah. take too long I just lose all steam so I'm tr- I'm really working to especially this year to be just more efficient and get um get yeah get in time get things done on time getting tongue tied <laughs> oh man I I share that sentiment as well mm. I think we spoke to uh, I think Russell Ashton when he came when he came onto the show he spoke similar similar concepts yep. uh, similar ideas in the fact but he was his was more on uh, video production yeah like he'll do a job and take it to a client and then the client's happy with it but he's like ah but i can do so much better yeah like, but then yeah at the end of the day it's like they're paying the bills it's what yeah. they want so just so it's out of my yeah hands. like yeah. my response with that is just save all that energy for the next project and you know you you'll you'll definitely find up all your personal projects because like if you if you think it's a good idea, then you know your personal projects are really great ways to experiment and really great ways to fail. Like I want everybody to be okay with failing oh, and making gosh. mistakes. It's you know you the the yeah. less the less fearful you are of that, the quicker you're gonna accelerate your growth in mm. life because you're just not afraid to fail. You just like risk 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 risk. I mean you have to be smart of course, but like it's the fear itself that really yeah. keeps everybody back. That's and, like the main hurdle. Like once you're over that, once you're over the fear of oh it didn't look as good as. I drew it yesterday. I hate that feeling. Yeah. When you draw something so well. I have this. uh, I have this. um, I notice my mistakes after I upload. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. And then I'm just like, before I was like, the thing is that Mm. nobody notices it. But like, I know other artists notice it. I remember I did a project and the hand was wrong. And then J-Dog messaged me and he's like, (laughs) bro, that's a wrong hand. And then another artist, um... I forgot it was a uh, uh, Apple Apple. He messaged me and was like, "Bro, like the 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 arm is wrong." I was like, "Oof!" And I then think like, I remember this. And it was you the took it down, right? And you it was the it. the um, it was the the human rights festival, the one with the girl holding the flag. Uh-huh. And I think I did two left hands, 
And I didn't notice it. And uh, the mm. thing was that I was really exhausted and I just didn't see it. And the client didn't notice it. But when I noticed it, I was like, oh, it's going to cost them so much in printing. So I have to let them know. Right. Yeah. It's like you have, you have to also take into that into consideration of how much money the the business would lose because businesses mm. all they like that's the thing i've learned is that they don't really care about your art i mean not in the sense that like they don't care about the process they don't they only care about the final result and i don't want to make them sound like heartless like they at the end of the day it's always good to support local artists and designers but at the end of the day they hire you to um help push their brand mm -hmm. in order to turn a profit that's the basic fundamental um like reason purpose why all businesses exist it's mm -hmm. just to make a profit with as little expense and i think once you understand that you can have conversations or like um, market yourself in a way that agrees with that kind of logic i hope i'm making sense like i'm no, just like throwing all kinds of <laughs> but yeah it's like just the mistakes and then but like i've become I, I guess like my mindset is just like okay just it's okay it's just another mistake to learn from and sometimes like right now like before when i started i really used to like finalize my line art now mm. i'm just be like sketch 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 it look rough and i'll just upload it because i just want to be comfortable with it not being as perfect as i want it to be yeah i mean no same yeah i think i recently have been having that where i, I don't really do sketch layers anymore especially yeah. if it's something that i want to get out in like in one day yeah yeah I yeah don't necessarily do sketch layers anymore. and that's I the thing like I, I used to do full bodies now i do a lot of faces because it's faster and like i guess i'm just trying to squeeze as much time out of like my busy schedule just to do something fun so mm. i mean i want to go back I, i've i've decided to start learning the basics again so i'm going back to gesture drawing and like robo bean and all those like fundamental like learning about anatomy it's really boring like especially gesture it's like simplifying but it's really hard as well like you're better at that like at anatomy and all of that like i like you're just better at that and i'm just like i need to learn because because that's by like for me like i need to learn it so that i can sketch faster mm -hmm. and like get work out faster and it's been like i started this year and it's been like really boring yeah. it's like i i try to get it out the first thing when i wake up i'm just like i just wake up sit on my machine and then draw like i'll oh, just man. like find pinterest and it's like okay let's find the gesture but like and like it sucks because it's not the pretty thing that i'm used to like i just want to mm -hmm. fast forward to like just want to draw the pretty things that i like to draw but then i'm I'm noticing I'm slowly improving. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I see the value of this and I'm starting to understand the human body much better. And I was like, okay, this will help me in the long run. Because like animation as well, you need to understand the gesture in right. order to get like, like convincing. Like it's, I, I feel Especially, like- Especially yeah, with, with animation, if it looks wrong, everybody will yeah. It doesn't matter if they're an artist. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah, what yeah. their profession is. If something looks wrong in animation, people will notice it. And it has to like it's not enough to make something move like mm. like pixar is really good at them the short films back in the day were no dialogue it was just sound and just movement and they could tell a really good like luxo the the jumping lamp like that's mm -hmm. one of the and they've just mastered that craft of telling stories without any dialogue and it's like wow like you can actually do that and i mean that's where i want to be when i when i come to animation it's uh i feel like people like I get so many suggestions like you should make a movie you should do like animation and like I was like yeah thank you like it's it's not as easy as you not. think it and is not. I guess one thing I want to uh, specify and explain is that there's two types of animation when it yeah. comes to digital stuff there's puppetry 
where you're moving a skeleton or asset around mm. and they're like they're transforming or like moving across the screen and you're controlling the movement of these objects you're in control of yeah. that movement and then you record that movement and then that's yeah. that's so basically animation. you create your character mm. and then you create controls that control the different mm. movements so that process is called rigging and so you can mm. build a rig for the arm and the legs and then that's that's a much more easier way to animate it's not always fluent i mean it's very fluent you can tell yeah. when something's puppetry and something is like the next yeah. one which is frame by frame Ooh, and that one frame by frame that one is that's more that i mean like you just have to respect so many the back in the day like like Bro. like studio ghibli is it is that how you pronounce it ghibli yes. yeah like what was it that one with the old woman castle in the sky Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, that one. Yeah, like, yeah. she's old, and the detail on her wrinkles and, like, spirited away as well. There's, like, an old witch. And, like, they had to constantly draw the wrinkles and keep it consistent. Oh, it's man. so impressive. And then you see things like anime and, like, how, like, back in the day, it's just... Dude, and then, especially with Studio Ghibli, whenever they do the animation, it's, like, very high frame rate. Yeah. That's, like, multiple frames in, in a second. Like and then if if you don't know a frame by frame animation is it's basically you're drawing everything. Yeah, you're, you're drawing, drawing every everything. single thing. There's moments where you're going over, like the drawing on the previous page, but then it's moving slightly to just illustrate. Yeah, the it's movement. like a flip book. So you like yeah. you, some people have like flip books and they draw like stick figures on each page, and then you just flip it, and then you see the character move. That that's basically frame by frame animation. It's just. Yeah. Like and it's, I don't know how you do it, mate. It's tech. Like, how long did it take for you to do that little run sequence? Sequence. Oh man, that was a whole. It was a lot of learning. Like it was. A lot, I thought yeah. that after I learned what digital art was, I thought that like that was it. I didn't have to learn even more. But no, there's more. Yeah. Especially like learning how things move. Um, and that was just like what, techniques. like a like a three second GIF. <laughs> like I mean, I I think I get annoyed when people think what we do is very simple as well. I think um, one of my friends just explained it best. It it looks simple because we make it simple, and that's mm -hmm. like I mean, that's like a testament to the years of you know learning and just uh, trial and error that we've put into like develop our craft. But it's not always easy. Some people like they come, some clients they think it's easy, and it's like oh, it's just a, I hate it when they use the word simple. Because then sometimes it's just not simple. I remember yesterday I was at a panel discussion. They asked me mm -hmm. like, like um, how much would you charge for five seconds? So it's like you all you see is five seconds, but it could depend. Like, what if the five seconds contains like a hundred characters? I have to right. design all of them. Then I have to make them move. And you know, if it's just like a you know a text that mm -hmm. you know just pops up, then that's gonna be cheaper because it's a quick thing that I can do in a day. Mm -hmm. But like, what if it's like a very complex like rotating the character? Like those things, <laughs> it's very very complicated. So I mean, like we appreciate you creating the demand for like contact like this and definitely we're gonna get to a point where mm -hmm. we'll master the skills to you know really put something together but it's not as easy as you know you suggest us to do but you know the potential is there and as long as there's potential five seconds yeah oh God, five May, seconds like i've noticed my style is too complicated to animate so i have to retrain mm -hmm. myself to do a very simpler oh, you have to like, simplify it just i have to, to yeah. and like i've been like looking on youtube for like like the like what's trending in the in the motion design is like okay it's simple because um of this and this and i was like oof like i, I don't know it's how it's possible but it's just gonna take yeah, a long time it, it is it's possible it's yeah. just you know we're still figuring ourselves out you know we're still allowing like what you described when they were like oh what's it called have a character 
Uh, can you do five seconds? They don't understand that in these proper animation houses, there's different people with these different roles. Yeah, exactly. That, that take it's the project made them, yeah. like uh, like there's a that's separate the thing. There's yo. a separate character designer. There's someone who handles backgrounds yeah, and oh, colors <laughs> and just you know someone does faces alone. Like you, like when you watch a Disney movie, like the old school ones, like Aladdin and um, Lion King, all you'll just see uh, like on the credit list is everybody who partook in that, and those are frame by frame animation films and it's just it's you know and we're trying to we're trying to do it with like single-handedly and um i don't know it's good not very powerful oh, it's okay one, one day we'll uh, collaborate and we'll put a good team together and then we'll start doing some really good stuff goodness like and then i think when i tried doing those things it sort of highlighted my weaknesses as well and like because they're weaknesses in terms of things that i never actually attempted to draw in the past yeah like, yeah, like yeah backgrounds I was, oh, i've never been a background artist. i'm avoiding that for now uh, like my struggle is hands and feet like those things are hard i'm just not good at hands like sometimes i will default to just tracing i'll take a photo of my hand like if it's for a client and i just can't get the hands right i'll take a photo i'll find like reference images and just not really like trace the exact but just like outline the shape so that i can manipulate it right. to my style i think that's a smarter way to use reference it's not really copying but like yeah. just identifying the shapes and the structure and then uh, manipulate it to your style yeah no no, no sorry this is artist talk like this is <laughs> these are only things that only artists will know like, as you're saying i can just already see my like i've already i've done that i've yeah. done that before taking i think which one one of my earlier comics some of the angles i had to get one of the tips i got from a digital artist online is that take your own reference footage yeah yeah and take yeah. your own reference photos and at first you think you're cheating and you you're like that voice inside oh you're not good enough to draw it from memory and then you see all these other artists nah you gotta use reference mate yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. you're not an encyclopedia so it's been like i remember i met another one of my friends he's a artist as well and he did work for a client and he showed me he borrowed my ipad to use it and then he showed me all this work and was like you see look at all the sponsor like he felt kind of like bad that he took photos of his friends and used mm. it and i was like bro i did that too and you could just see this like the look of the relief movie. on his face <laughs> you do that too and then our other friend was like oh so you guys i thought you guys were legit you know he was just making fun of us like no man that's how people in the industry also do it you have to you have to use reference, yeah, no, but you have to be smart about mm -hmm. how you're using reference. And it's like speed. It just helps with the process. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, if you're on a, if you have like all the time in the world to learn everything, go for it. But like, if you're on a tight deadline and you need to get work out, mate, just man. you know. I think one one. It's just like work smart, not harder. You know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But then, but the thing is, like, by using reference and like sometimes even tracing, you identify the structures and how like the body moves in that manner. Yeah. And then, it, with more practice and effort, you kind of it becomes like part of your memory, like muscle mm -hmm. memory. And then sometimes m going forward, you use reference less and less because you've drawn that so many mm -hmm. times. I still get hands, feet look easy, but they're just oh, feet. I, I, oh, I hate. I never draw bare feet. I always draw shoes, and I can't even get that right. <laughs> There's there's no, actually mate. there's a method to get back. I, like it's not necessarily tracing but there's a method I've been using recently and it's helped out a lot with like understanding structure and yep. it's basically I think what you described are draw throughs yeah where you take another artist's work yes and you're basically just drawing through the structure understanding yeah where yeah they yeah. stopped where this yeah leg begins. I, I saw a tutorial yeah. on that and uh, the guy the artist said this is the fastest way to learn it's like okay done if you're doing it then i'm going to do it as well but it's good you understand proportions better and kind of identify the landmarks and it, it makes mm. you a better artist in the long run and it's not really cheating it's just a better way to teach yourself mm. 
and it's like you're learning proportions and it's best and it's better when they're when they're like professionals when they're like yeah 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 like Like a lot of the best a lot of comic book artists like i found some really good content on youtube about this like how to draw like comic books and like they start about like with the gesture and finding the structure and you know build the boxes and all Mm -hmm. of that and then they were like oh and if you don't then you can and then this guy was like um like anatomy is hard yo there's anatomy and then there's uh, perspective. Oh, oh and gosh. then like like the muscles as well. Like I, I watched this um, artist do comics and they were like, oh, this muscle is like this and like this. And then like this guy just studies, one of these artists, he studies like bodybuilders and he takes the, and he does like draw throughs mm-hmm. as well. And he just like tries to find the shapes and everything. And like, I especially last year, I saw this and I was like, man, this is so much I have to learn. I have oh, to master. Man. It's so overwhelming, but like just trying to, especially like this year, I've decided to like, I'm just going to stick to the basics and just learn and progress as I go. Do you follow Proko? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've recently been seeing his more, his recent stuff that's come out where he's featuring other artists and yeah, other yeah, artists yeah. come on and explain stuff. His anatomy is so good. Like, how is he not a doctor? And he, he knows the different body parts as well. It's kind of yeah. crazy how in detail I was like, where do I start? Where's the, what's the simplest thing that I can do Goodness. like today to just get better tomorrow? It's. I think I remember... Oh, this is like a couple of years back. Maybe I think after high school or grade 12. I When I first started learning anatomy, I had to learn the difference between what's scientifically accurate and what looks good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. because that's the thing that I've learned about gesture drawing because it's not about how it looks. It's about how it feels. Mm. And so uh, I learned from Proko and the Proko is like, like when you're doing like gesture you try to find the curves mm. and the rhythm it's not yeah. really about it looking accurate it's just feeling natural and not stiff and i thought it was easy until i tried it and it's like I, my first drawings are like really stiff i was like okay i'm drawing robots here mm. but then i'm learning like the flow there's a certain flow that how your character should move which is beneficial when you're moving into animation because you want um like the body language and that motion has to trans uh, like communicate emotion so that your audience is grabbed the pixar effect mm-hmm. and all of that and like i said they'll notice when it feels yeah warm. it is it, or it feels stiff or it feels amateurish and i don't know but frame by frame is making a comeback i've seen a lot of like design studios uh, motion yeah, design yeah, yeah. studios they've been doing a lot of frame by frame like really short ones and then I can just tell that you can just tell friend by friend like that it's not as it's not as smooth. It's like kind of choppy mm-hmm. in a way. But like puppetry is like really smooth. Like there's just no kind of like a buffering. If you look for it, you'll see like, yeah, it's very clean, you know, mm. I think but, one of my favorite examples of animation that sort of mixed it together where it's both 2D and 3D, I think was uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. Yes, if you notice that it, and oh, Klaus, Klaus was really good as well. Like they mixed it's um yeah into the spider verse the mm. same thing it's like the base is 3d animated but they textured it in a way that was 2d and it's, like there's moments where i'm pretty sure that they that was they, my favorite they, movie they, they, they draw on top of it in 2d yeah and add all sorts of effects i think recently Man. if you've seen arcane there's a <laughs> recent, uh, the netflix show it also does a similar thing where it's more <sighs> have, have you seen it have you seen no, no 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 do they look Every character looks like a moving digital Ooh. painting, I swear. And that's, and like, because Into the Spider-Verse, I know that they hired a lot of veteran artists, like, mm. like, 
even back from Disney who just did frame by frame that these are veterans and they hired them to design like the plat and then like I watched the behind the scenes of how they do it and then they program the lines the line art to respond to like the angle so if miles turns then this line will show ah. and it's amazing that they really wanted like their goal was to bring the comic book to life and the movie doesn't have motion blur because their goal was like you pause it at every scene and it should look like a page from the comic book. Uh, I mean, I love the movie so oh much. Man. It's so I'm so psyched for part 2 that's coming out like it's next, I, this Christmas or next or next I think year, it's 20, this year. No, 2023, I think. I'm just going to go watch it for the art because yeah, it nah, was just well, so good. What I heard was that for each world they're going to do a different art style. So I'm like, oh, I can't <sighs> take as much time as you need, guys. Just Yeah, and I mean just but they have teams and like we're as individuals trying mm-hmm. to find ourselves and i think that's that's a yeah. good thing it's it's good to just be like i think again just stop putting a lot of pressure on yourself to like have it all like i'm trying to like one of my problems is that i set too many goals and i achieve none of them because <laughs> like i'm just like i gotta achieve this 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 and then at the end i was like oh i achieved absolutely nothing so like now it's like what's one goal that i can just focus on and just achieve it as long as you know even if i don't do it halfway at least i did it's better to progress that way than trying to just overwhelm and juggle so many projects oh, and yeah. stuff like that i think one no- one thing i noticed is that with all the people we've interviewed on the show is that a lot of the people I talk to, they're all part of industries that are just starting out. Yeah. They're all part of industries that are very much in their infancy. Yeah. It hasn't quite reached that and level. I, as that's the exciting overseas. part because then you become a pioneer, which is, and you just like trailblazing. And the fact that what you are doing now and the mistakes that you are making and, you know, your, all of that. It's just going to make it easier for the next generation. I don't know. Some people might find offense to that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. me, you guys just make it easy. But like, I, for me, it's, it's very rewarding because it's kind of like a legacy. It's like, oh, because mm-hmm. of me, you know, people are now finding... I'm sorry if I sound like really egotistical. I'm trying my very best not to. It's like, I think like, especially this year, I've stopped questioning my role in the community. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, if people see me as a leader and someone who's going to pioneer this, then I should just rise to the occasion and try to help as many people as possible. Or the community. I don't always have the time to do so, but I'm going to yeah. try. I'm going to try to um, to do my best to support just every artist. I mean, there's room oh, for yeah. collaboration. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I have this attitude where I don't think we should compete against each other mm. because it's kind of a waste of time because our industry is still growing. But then we can learn and grow and collaborate. And then our competition should be like, you know, all the business, all the global businesses oh, and all yeah. the, you know, the agencies that are, you know, the, currently. The powerhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why not? Like all these marketing agencies and branding agencies that, you know, they, you know, they're taking a lot of our jobs and that's. That's one of the things that I've noticed is like there is a demand for um, companies or brands to have mm-hmm. a, a PNG feel to it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of um, like outside businesses, they struggle with or sometimes they do a good right. job, but they don't always hit the mark. Because what happens most times is that they outsource the work. Right? It's kind of yeah. like not authentic. And enough. it's done by people who don't. They don't operate in PNG. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's some things that only Papua New Guineans can do or Pacific Islanders. And that's, like, I don't know, mate. It's just, like, crazy how big it's getting. 
like i just like i just wanted to draw art now like you know and then like so many like i'm 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 communicating with a lot of like artists from the pacific islands as well like there's some someone from solomon islands and from fiji who are like oh we saw your work and like we're doing our stuff as well and then it just sees like oh really wait there's other people out there yeah like oh, there's man. so many artists who look at like and like that's a really positive feedback i get from the artist feature is like oh we saw this artist and then we we see you featuring them and they're doing this and then we want to do the same and then they you know it's 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 making me realize how Papua New Guineans or these digital artists and all these art creatives right now can be like can actually leave the pacific mm. and then start to really become a, like a, a driving force and you know it's it's i don't know i just get excited when i think of the potential of oh, what yeah. what we are capable of like if it, if the foundation can just be laid i mean that's probably i mean i might sound very what's the word not, not necessarily egotistical but maybe i'm just dreaming too far ahead in the future but maybe when we're very much in our senior years hopefully this will be an industry that's already established and yeah yeah i mean you never know like things yeah. i think it's just consistency and just being consistent with just like, trying to be of the work we do now yeah just yeah. trying to be like the very best that you can mm. be every single day because by doing so you're on I mean, things expound and they, you know, can increase exponentially. I've been reading this book called The Compound Effect. And -hmm. it's just about like how your daily habits accelerate. If you constantly, like money, when you put your money in a savings account, it has compound interest. They add a percentage of the total every month. Mm -hmm. And the idea is the same with your habits, is that you just be, you know, every single day, just put in the work, put a consistent work, and then it can, your growth can be exponential if you are just consistent. So... I don't know. I'm very excited. I hope so. I hope that, you know, mm. I'm like, I really want to build like an animation studio and run my own like motion design. I really want to do that. And not just like in PNG, but across the Asia Pacific region oh, as yeah. well, you know, and just recruit, you know, as many Pacific Islanders and Papua New Guineans. And I think I've been thinking about that. And I've been like, I, I, I've basically told myself that if I don't achieve it in my lifetime, oh, you know, like if I can set the groundwork for other people to take over and like at least I set a foundation or help build a foundation for other people to um, take over. Like if I don't achieve it in my lifetime, then like that, like I will die a happy person because at least I'm doing something. So, yeah, you never know. You never know. Walt Disney started out in his garage drawing mickey mouse yeah Yeah, mickey mouse was inspired by the rat that was roaming around in his um (laughs) and they called him like a bad cartoonist as well like Uh. he applied to so many jobs and it's like your cartoons look like crap and then now you know they're a giant in the media yeah like they're the biggest media company everything (laughs) like humble beginnings you never know i think if you're too afraid to try and just to put ourselves like you shouldn't even be afraid to dream it's good like what if like that's the thing like i dreamt as a kid like oh wouldn't it be nice to be work for walt disney and pixar and then suddenly the path that i'm on is like graphic digital art and animation like those are things that i'm my life is heading to in that way so it's it's definitely possible it's just a lot of work a lot of work and no excuses just you know just do it nike it even though nike's not sponsoring this (laughs) we are not sponsored by nike oh man It's just, you know, there's just so much to talk about. I mean, with animation, it's still... That's also another thing that hasn't been... What's the word? Like, 
I like think I, I just said very much in its infancy. Yeah, I just wish it was easier to learn all these things. It's just really hard, you know. You just mm. you like all the pros say like, oh, you have to invest so many hours, and I think that's the overwhelming part. But like, if you attack a little every day, I think you can get better. And you never know; you'll surprise yourself that the movie that you or like the, even like the five second that you thought would take a week and you know eventually become like a one day thing, or you know, it's it's just consistency, consistent hard work. And just refining your habits. Oh man, yeah, no, that's that's advice I need to take. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just the fear of failing and the fear of rejection that holds a lot of people back, or the fear that I'm not good enough, or what if I put it out? And then, like one of the one of the mindsets that I've adopted is like from David Goggins. So David Goggins mm-hmm. is like the world's fittest man. He he was fat, like overweight and he applied mm-hmm. to be a Navy SEAL, and then like. Everybody told him no, like he couldn't, but he had this mindset where it was like when he was trying to apply the like the negativity hit him and he was like, oh, what if they turn me down? What if they tell me that um, I'm not, you know, fit enough? I'm too big. And then suddenly he started telling himself, well, what if they do accept me? Like, what if I become a Navy SEAL? And mm. I've been trying that whenever I've had moments of doubt or anxiety, just like all the voices that tell me or like scare me. I want to try to do something or go after something and the voices tell me or oh, what if it fails then i start try to start telling me well what if i do succeed or what if i do what if it works out better than i ever thought and what if i fail so what you know by having just trying to change your self-talk and your what you think about yourself you know it's um it will help you to achieve what you need to do because i mean i think we're going to like a really deeper topic about like self-value and self-worth I think mm-hmm. one of the best things, one of the best advice I've heard is just from this old school motivational speaker called Zig Ziglar. And he gets up and he's mm-hmm. like, you'll never be successful if you don't think you deserve success. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then like that really hit me. It's like you were trying to be successful, but do you believe deep down that you are worthy of success? And it's like, are you, do you really believe like all your hard work is paying off? And that, that really shook mm-hmm. me to my core. It's like how, you know, because if you don't have the mindset that you're going to achieve what you set out to achieve, then you're just wasting your time because you're already defeating yourself. Mm. So your mindset and how you see yourself and how you value yourself and your self-worth, those are important. That makes you you a better artist and a better business person. And because success isn't something that you achieve, it's something you become. That's what I've heard. And I think so. So in order to become, to have success, you have to become successful and become someone who practices the habits of someone who wants to be successful and that's the that's the way to do it it's all in your daily routine and your habits read the compound effect it's a really good book it makes it opens your eyes to see uh, like your day-to-day and oh, man. Man, it's good <laughs> the compound effect i'm telling yeah, you it's right a really now. good book i think Dan and the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. That's oh, that one. Oh, that's I had a revolution. book once and I lost it. Uh, oh, it's a I revolutionary it book. I love that book. And again, uh, before we started recording, again, there was another person that you also mentioned, who ha- also has a book, who you suggested. Yeah, in, yeah. In terms of like mindset and selling yourself. Yeah. Like so yeah. So Chris Doe. Chris Doe doesn't know it yet, but he's my mentor. I consider him my mentor because. I think everything that I've learned about the business of design, I learned it from him, from pricing to communicating with clients to even mindset. And while there are so many people on YouTube who give tutorials on how to design a logo and how to like just the normal stuff, he's like, I'm not going to teach you that. I'm going to teach you how to make money from your design and money from your art. And you're struggling to communicate with clients. I'll teach you how to Mm -hmm. say that. I'll teach you how to negotiate. I'll teach you how to 
ask for more money i'll teach you how to ask what the budget is and i'll teach you how to say no to clients you don't want to work with or you're forced to work with i'll teach you how to not work for free or lower your value and it's amazing because you go in thinking so anyway so his name is chris do chris do mm-hmm. and you can follow him on instagram and on youtube but he runs an educational platform teaching the business of design uh called the future without it's spelled without an e so t h e f u t u r and it's really really good it's valuable like within a couple of months of just his um just following his content i literally doubled my income just by listening to and trying to take his advice and like ooh and like now it's like i mean it's he's basically a therapist because you think you go in thinking you're going to learn about like business etiquette and how to communicate and how to price things and then he's like like i remember one time i listened to his, he has a podcast as well and one time he was interviewing this girl trying to start her own like mm-hmm. brand <laughs> business and then he asked her like how much do you want to charge and then she was like oh. like she was like mm-hmm. playing around and it's like oh you don't think you're worth that like he just basically asked like why 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 you, you don't think you're worthy of charging more do you not value yourself that much and he's like cuz he she kind of like oh, i want to charge like i think $10,000 and it's like i mm-hmm. think you can make double that amount and she's like ooh and then he's like what you don't see yourself that way like it's really like it's a lot of his podcast mm-hmm. and a lot of his content is just he really attacks the mindset of artists because i know that a lot of creatives are introverts we're not very social people and we we often struggle to communicate um mm-hmm. what we want and the business world is very like ruthless like they they're like straight to the point you know they're about they you know they just want to i mean there's nothing you like what am i trying to say like they they don't play around it's yeah, you know it's yeah. always to the point and sometimes you know we just we're a bit too shy mm-hmm. or like we we don't see our value and charge our value and it's good to like his content will just expose a lot of the things that especially limiting beliefs like limiting beliefs are what you believe about yourself that is really limit like it keeps you from it can either be like fear or whatever it is like believe that you're not good enough or you're mm-hmm. not talented enough and then there's imposter syndrome where you feel like I mean, again i think a lot of artists just struggle with imposter syndrome it's just when you don't feel like you're good enough or what you're doing is is not good enough or not and when you achieve success you think mm-hmm, yeah. you don't deserve it or you think like i'm not the person who deserves i've struggled with that like in the past and for me my fix was just changing my mindset so i had to feed on like a lot of this motivational and listen to people like chris doe and zig ziglar and tony robbins and read books like the subtle art and so many others help self like help books that have just really helped me to change the way i think and um the attitudes that i've you know in order to be successful in the business that i'm trying to run so it's really good it's really good it's just i think mm-hmm. um what i'm going to say is that like especially cuz value translate in your pricing as well and john c maxwell in his book um the 15 laws of invaluable growth he says that you cannot add value to yourself if you don't see value in yourself and if you don't see if you, if you don't think that what you're doing is valuable then you know how can you ask for a higher price right. if you don't believe you're worth it you know a lot of art- artists like ask me for pricing advice and or mm-hmm. i sometimes i like to outsource and i ask them like how much do you want me to charge you it's like oh i don't know what do you what do you think i should charge and then i was like okay let me go look at the budget mm-hmm. and then i'll come back and i'll try to negotiate a really good rate for you 
and then like I really I used to struggle that with that before, and I'm realizing that once you start realizing what you do has value, you are able to communicate that to clients, and that will reflect in your prices because you 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 do a good job, you know, you do a good job, you deserve to be compensated for your work, what you do, especially if what you do is so unique, and it mm. it really captivates the audience, like that's a really high value and. The more value that you put in yourself, uh, invest in yourself, then the more like value in equals value out. Like you're going to get returned, you know, law of attraction, all of that thing. Yeah, like it comes back. So what you put inside of you, it will translate in your fees and you'll get the confidence to ask for more or people will be willing to pay you more because they value so much. It depends on how much you value yourself enough to start learning and mm-hmm. growing and, you know, doing working on the things, you know, you're supposed to work on, but you put off, you know, like things like that. It's just, yeah, value is so much. You need to understand, like when I, sometimes I ask artists to be featured and they were like, oh, I'm not there yet. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I just want to be like, you know, lay down the lawn, like, no, you're good enough. You know, it's okay. Let's let them figure themselves out. Because like there was this one artist, she's really, really good. Mm -hmm. She has a really unique style. I was like, oh, can I feature you? And she's like, no, let me go and let me be um, a better artist. And then um, let me just work on myself some more. And then you can ask me again. It's like, okay, I was like, uh, but your art is so good, but it's like it's okay. I'll I'll be patient and I'll let you. You know, sometimes you just have to give people the space to find their own confidence and find their own worth and their own value. But that's basically it. You you know, in, in as creatives, if you have to, you have to find, you have to see the value and you have to appreciate it in a world that's full of negativity and you know, and you know, mm. just in a world where all our insecurities and like are zoomed and you know we're human we're flawed but then you're also there's good things about you as well and you shouldn't only focus on on the bad things about you You should work on them of course but then also you should appreciate the good stuff you know like i'm not a i'm not the best drawer like my anatomy sucks Mm. but i'm very good at color and i'm very good at lighting and my color palettes are really good and i appreciate about that about myself and you need to, you know, just not just creative, but you as a person, you know, if you focus, that's kind of like how the, the law of attraction work. When you focus on something, you attract more of it. It's not that you attract it in a point where like you pull it like a magnet. It's just mm-hmm. that you are more aware of it because what you focus on, like what you, where your focus goes, like energy flows and the attention. And it's amazing. So like when you start focusing on, you know, I'm not... You know, I'm not the best artist, but I'm learning. I'm actually mm-hmm. improving. Then you find you, you get a little kick inside of you. It's like, ooh, that, you know, that feeling is a bit motivating. And it motivates you to be better and do better. And every single day, and then it compounds. And at the end of the year, you know, you've come a long way. Better than sitting in your ass and wishing that you had time to do things or too afraid to try or too afraid to, um, to actually, you know, risk it all. It's better to try and fail than to not try at all. And yeah, I think, oh, man, made, yeah, <laughs> like what you do, like all the artists and what you do has so much value and you have to appreciate that about yourself in order for you to, you know, I mean, once you do that, like everything else falls in line. It's not to a point where you appreciate yourself, where you become full of pride and egotistical and you think you're all that, but like in a way that is humble as well and just appreciate you gotta appreciate the good stuff about you as well instead of always zeroing in on all the flaws and the insecurities of your life yeah no true i mean as an artist there are things that you tend to focus on and be like oh i can't draw this yeah i can't draw that Uh, but i guess yeah like focusing on your strength and being grateful for it yeah and be i think i can't remember if we you said it before we started recording it was uh (laughs) 
forget. Nah, I forget. I'm not forgiving yourself. It was uh, lenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenient. Being, I think that was like for With me. Perf- yeah, for me personally, like that was a huge thing, because when I resigned from TV One, I was the breadwinner. So like a lot of my income was to feed my, you know, my family, and t- like quitting was a risk for me. Like how I had to really and like I worked. I like I spent the entire year like the last year of my work was just to make the money and it was just got so exhausting and so and like I had to take the risk and just quit and like all the fear came it's like oh mm-hmm. what if you know your family doesn't have or you know the means or the income anymore like what if they get mad at you and they force you but then it turned out really good like my family was very understanding you know everybody started to start applying to work as well so it's mm-hmm. it's always I think um I don't know if it's Socrates or Marcus Aurelius they say that uh imagine uh, it's always worse in your imagination that uh mm. suffering suffering is worse in imagination than in reality so sometimes your brain fear is just lying to you and you just gotta just do it anyway and see if it if it actually take a risk yo you never know you never know mm. the worst you can do is you fail and then you can be like you know what not to do that's the you know that's the good thing that will come out of that okay i tried this it didn't work Moving on, you know, that I think by having that kind of attitude and that mindset, I think you open yourself to a lot of growth and your growth accelerates. Like I, just within a year, I've seen myself just grow, especially in my mindset and in my emotional and how I deal with like anxiety and or like negative situations. It's, it's very different than how I used to handle everything. Now it's like very calm and mm. I think my mind is more into finding solutions than complaining about the problem. Oh man, that's just uh. <laughs> sorry. No, I just have to think for a second. Gosh, that was a lot of a lot of knowledge. I thought we were going to talk about art. No, it is. It is. It's part of art. You oh, know, man. it's part of art. It's what artists <laughs> artists face this because what we do is very emotional. That's the thing that a lot of people I think uh, that's missing. It's it, they just think it's a job, but then there's a certain amount of emotions involved because it's what we do. It's an extension. It's an expression of what we do. Low key. You know, sometimes, mm. you know, and that's why we have like passion projects and that's why, you know, people get really, you know, emotional or like feisty when you criticize their work or stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, that's why people are very passionate. It's, it's an emotional thing. Mm. So trying to, but when you're working for clients, remove your emotions, you know, it's just gonna, it's just gonna make things harder for what you. What was it again? Detach. Detach. Yeah. Just detachment. Yeah. Detachment is so. Now, Chan, one question I always wanted to ask you was what's your workflow? Like basically... What is your average working day? What does your average working day look like as a digital artist? Like on a day-to-day? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I do a lot of my work in the evening. So mm-hmm. during the morning, I leave it open to um, scheduling meetings or I just leave it really open. Those, that's the time I usually go to the gym and work out. <clears throat> and then I also pick up my nephews from school. So after mm-hmm. gym, I go... And um, I pick up my nephews and then I go home, I rest. I usually take a nap because I need, the, mm-hmm. I need the, my brain to restart. And then from like 5, 6 p.m., I'm working until midnight. Mm-hmm. And then I sleep and then repeat it all. So a lot of my work is done in the evenings where, I mean, it's, be- it's, it's just less distracting and no disturbances. So I'm just sitting down and I'm just working and depending on whatever project that I'm doing. Yeah, because no, that's always that one question I've had for you. Because you, I don't know if you follow Chan on his social media, he's either posting art stuff or gym stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, where does this guy find the time? I, exactly. <laughs> I just, I just, a really good advice that I really recently got was um, it's in the compound effect. The mm-hmm. guy, the author was like, uh, most people plan the do their business plan and then try to fit their life into it. And he's like, swip it, flip it. 
design the life you want and then design the business around it and i was like ooh so you can decide like what kind of a lifestyle that you want to live and then whatever business you want to run and then try to build your life around a business around the life and then you 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 won't try to look for time for things like that so that was like really good advice that i've been like okay i something i need to think about and stuff like that and so how, like how long has that been your day to day since i um since i started mm. i guess um but yeah mainly recently recently like i've been really working on sticking to a strict schedule mm. and trying to just stay that and um one of my <laughs> i've been complaining about time and then i'm trying to teach myself no you have enough time you're just a bad manager mm-hmm. of it and that's that's a big problem for me so i've been trying to look for ways to work efficiently and try to um try to do more work in less time and i mean we just live in a world with distractions and i mean it's my fault sometimes i like to watch a movie and work and that's very distracting mm. so i'm just trying to be a bit more disciplined with that and be more focused really focused is the main thing and that i'm surprised like sometimes like a really good strategy i've been adopting is just setting a timer for 10 minutes and mm-hmm. i put the timer on and then i was like what can i do how much can i do in 10 minutes and then i'll start and then suddenly later i'm resetting that restarting the timer uh, and then i start picking up momentum and then it's been like after 60 minutes then i reward myself with a little break and then i'm just oh i did so much in instance i mean that's a really good way for me to like really break if i'm not in the mood to work or i'm just having like a low energy day or just mm. like not inspired or art block is just just put a timer and just see what you can do or like a very oh, okay. small achievable card draw a circle or draw eyes or something like that mm. research you know things like that and then that's okay. i think i'll give that a try like, especially like procrastinating like i've been just looking for ways to like i can't be procrastinating like i got money to be made so I've really just, but the 10 minutes one has been really good. 10, 5, like you can make it as short as possible. But the thing is that it tricks your mind into like you achieve a small task and it's like, ooh, it, your, your brain, I think it's called dopamine, like the reward hormone and whatever. And then it rewards you and then you want to do more. And that's how you trick your mind into momentum. So that's like um, um, motion creates emotion. Uh, yeah, motion yeah, creates emotion. Creates emotion. So emotion. when you just start, then you'll take off and then bibbidi bobbidi boop yeah. you know you finish the project in one night you know you yeah. never know you know that's like you know because that's one thing i've always struggled with just workflow just in terms of workflow and trying to get things done because i recently started trying to uh, do a comic and then it started out as trying as uh being a monthly thing yeah and now I'm, I'm having trouble just keeping up with that but i guess I guess listening to you and now, comics yeah. are hard. I oh, mean, man. like a lot of people ask me if I do books and mm-hmm. like comics, and I just like I'm sorry, I just don't have that time because I know the process is just grueling because you have to mm. plan the page and then you have to do like the final artwork and the line and you know it has to go through revisions as well. Yeah. So it's it's there's been points where I've had to like I plan it and then there's there's parts where I'm like, nah, I can remove this panel. Yeah, and, and the like, story works without this. And part. sometimes like it. Like it works out so good in your head, and then you put it on page, and it's like, oh wait, I can't draw this. Oh, wait, oh, this <laughs> is this is a bit more complicated yeah, than I thought. That's me in backgrounds. Oh. Uh, backgrounds. Are learning just... backgrounds or learning perspective is this. I, I think that's my. Like goal I'm not even year. there. Like I know I have to learn some mm. perspectives soon, but I was like, wait, wait, let me master gestures first. <laughs> like I'm just trying my very best not to overwhelm myself so that I give up like halfway, mm. and just. You know, just reminding myself it's gonna pay off in the long run. So it makes me a better artist and make me a better creative. Man, yeah, it's been it's been difficult. I mean, 
Because what I do is I'm also writing it at the same time. Mm. So I'm, this this isn't a How team. How do you find the time to do all that? Uh, I'd say the writing's easiest. The writing yeah. is easiest, but it's also the most time-consuming, uh, fickle. Okay. It's like it's the one where it's the easiest to get done, but there's moments where I'm like, on, like I'm doing something else during the day, and I'm like, no wait, this might work in the story. Yeah, so it, I've the, actually the writing, done yeah. that. Like now I've, I've I've been a bit more disciplined, but sometimes I'll do client work, mm-hmm. and then I'll just have an idea, and then I'll just put the client work on hold and then suddenly I'm drawing something mm. and it just feels so rewarding that I forget about my work and then I've had no I have to stop that this is not good this is not fair on my client who's paying me to do the work that they hired me to do but I feel that I feel it. it's just uh, I don't know just like you just have to just be consistent and just like make up your mind yeah. if you want to do it I think like if you really want to do it, you won't make excuses. Mm-hmm. It's, it comes back to value, how much you value it and how valuable it is to you. And if it is valuable, then you're going to be doing, you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. It depends. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, I've, it's But it's been so yeah. good, you know. It's so oh, thank good. you, yeah. I just like your, because you've improved so much, especially in your yeah. facial expressions. Yeah. Like, and I've noticed that. It's like, oh, good. Like, it's more... Like there's a difference to it. Like the character mm. has more emotion, or it's 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 more expressive. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. It's like your panels are more expressive and excited to see what oh, what else you. you're gonna come up yeah. with. Well, it's been it's been challenging. I guess one of my weaknesses that it's highlighted is that basically when you're doing comics, you're drawing the same face, and it's very difficult. Like if you're if you're used to drawing faces, it's fine. But if you're having a consistent face yeah. they're drawn at like different angles and it's the same person and you have to make sure that whoever's reading it can tell that this is the yeah. same person oh, but you're man. very good at that you're, doing, you're very good at doing caricatures of like people like in their likeness that's something I struggle with that's why I don't do portraits <laughs> uh, yeah, like, no, no. It's been, no, no, it's been hard but I guess the, for anybody who's listening if you're uh, starting out just basically study who your favorite artist is see how yeah. they see, see what they yeah put in their artwork and basically what they value and what they think is important features yeah that are like drawn and that they spend time drawing because yeah. you can get lost in trying to make something as realistic yeah as possible. i mean there's nothing wrong with copying when you start off like copying mm-hmm. another artist's style i started off that way as well and sometimes i try to like when i switch up my art style i you know try to mimic what my favorite artists mm-hmm. what they do but i try to make it my own that's the key it's like you it's not necessarily stealing it's just being inspired by yeah. them but you have to make it your own otherwise that's full-on plagiarism so you have to be smart about how you do things and make sure that you give credit if you are inspired yeah. by another artist or it's very similar to their likeness like give them a shout out or at least acknowledge that you're inspired by them mm. because you know it's 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 not good to steal other people's art oh, and then no. try to pretend that it's yours mate Especially if you're just tracing, but if it's inspired... Have you had that problem? Like when someone oh. someone claims that they did this or they copied your style and they're like... Not yet. I oh. feel like it might happen, but not yet. I I remember, I think a couple, maybe a couple of years back, you had an incident where someone took your stuff. And yeah. Shirts. Yeah. It wasn't even the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like they took a rough sketch and like... But I'm so like I'm, that's what I'm thankful mm-hmm. for like my supporters like they really just like really took down that page and really shut down that account mm-hmm. so but um 
I don't know. My attitude is like, you can steal the fruit, but I'm the tree. <laughs> you know, like you have to have that attitude. Like you can copy my style, but like I'm, I'm, you know, the copies are never going to be better than the originals. And again, if you value yourself and you value what you do, these kind of things don't really bother you. It's, it's just is little it, hurdles. Mean for that to rhyme just now? Like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, sh- I shall start a Korean rapping now. No, just kidding. No, I Rap don't. Animator, artist. <laughs> Might as well just be like Lin. What's his name? Lin Manuel. Oh, don't even, don't even. Yeah, like that guy is like he's like Disney's little musical genius now. He's doing all the Disney movies. Gosh, but yes, Chen, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast. Oh, mate, so much good. One last question, basically. uh, What? uh, Because we live in a day and age where uh, the technology to get into digital art is now becoming more accessible. Yeah. I guess uh, now a lot of other people are finding this uh, hobby and getting really into it and maybe want to make a business out of it like what you've done as well. So I guess so what advice would you have for anybody just starting out or they decided that, you know what, 2022 will be the year that maybe I pursue digital art? Yeah, I think that you shouldn't go into it blindly. When I started, no. the, the I quickly realized I don't know enough about business and mm-hmm. that was a weakness that I really had to work on and I had to work on like how to communicate, how to properly convey what I um, just communicate with my um, with my clients. But basically just educating yourself on business. Business is, is the common language that everybody speaks and just practice, practice and just refine and just be open to learning and to grow. I think I think a lot of people in this day and age just put so much pressure on themselves to succeed and, Mm. you know, to live up to expectations and just allowing yourself to fail and allowing yourself to make mistakes, but like not letting those things define you, like have the mindset that everything that happens is I'm going to learn from it Mm. as a learning experience, I think. And I think you just have to take a calculated risk and just try it and to see. Um, But it would be smart, like if you're working and you want to, if you want to, you know, do it as a, as a, you should start off as a side hustle and just test mm-hmm. the market, see if it's good. Um, but like, unfortunately for me, I went full mm-hmm. on. So it was a lot harder to do. But I think you just learn and improve yourself and try to add as much value as possible because that will translate mm-hmm. into the value that comes your way. And, you know, our when you start off, you're not going to get the big jobs unless you have a really good network. Networking is so important as well. So you're, when you start off, you should just try to get as much exposure as possible. But that doesn't mean you have to work for free, but that depends on the project, I guess. I mean, if you think it's going to lead to more opportunities, then you should do it. But you should try to, you know, just build yourself and build your reputation and just take your time. Don't really rush it and try to just I think just learning just learning as much as possible and just having uh be determined and having like a no no quit attitude and just if you really want it then you're gonna go after it but um it's meant to be hard that's the thing that I've had to accept and that's it's meant to be hard you're meant to struggle I've been broke so many times it's part of the journey but it will teach you what you need to learn to succeed so i mean i think going into it expecting it to be hard is way easier than thinking it's going to be easy Mm. and then and just be you find your niche and just you know run with it and just take the risk if you feel that you want to do it and give it a try like the worst you can do is fail not make any money and then find another job you know it's 
your life doesn't end it's you know it's 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 better you try than not try at all it's yeah that's basically it i think <laughs> so so much <laughs> so much i'm trying to say in one <laughs> you know, we might start another session oh goodness <laughs> But it's Chan. Thank you very much. For thank you for us. having we me. We might have you on again. There's so much we can discuss. I hope yeah. so. Like I don't know. We haven't even talked about pricing and all oh, that stuff man. as well. But uh, yeah, no. We'll probably have you on again in the future, most definitely. No most worries. Definitely. That's fine. I'd, I'd be happy to share everything that I've learned. I mean, I don't have the opportunity to always share. I think like in a wider to a wider audience. There's just so many books I've read, and so many podcasts I've listened to, and oh, so many mistakes yes. and experiences. So. You know, I only hope that my experiences help you become better, better in your business and better artists. And why not? If I can do it, you can do it. Just, you know, try, try and see where it takes you. You never know. You never know. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. This has been the NewNet Podcast. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much. Peace out.